This week's Dick and Ham show is brought to you by Shark Lawrence Suzuki. We drive the shit out of your Suzuki before you buy it, so you know it has the Shark Lawrence seal of approval. SharkLawrenceSuzuki.com. It's uh, it's lockdown time, lockdown six for some of us, for Sam and for Boots and for the ranch. I am not locked down, uh, so I count myself lucky on that front. Gentlemen, it's nice to nice to see your faces. Everybody seems to be retaining their sanity. That's uh, that's good news. Is there anything? Anything good to report at all, or is it is it just the, the winter about uh, discontent times two? Uh, it's just going backwards. It's just getting worse. Twenty twenty one is just the shitty sequel to twenty twenty that no one asked for. It's not good. Can I can I say that I, in the on the video? I know this isn't going to translate well, given that this is a uh, an audio media, but I reckon I look like the sort of guy who would try and convince someone that they needed to do something on a casting couch to get a role right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Bad, yeah, bad lighting. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You do look. Yeah, you do look particularly skeezy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Ranch. I was saying before you joined. I thought Ranch has got sort of a bit of devilishly handsome Ranch on today. He's got the good. Oh, he hair. looks great. Your hair, Dave, and I can only dream about hair like that. I mean, oh, incredible. Look at that. It's, yeah. it's it's lush and it's just showing no signs of, of moving. It's uh, it's it's of hair. hair hair modeling. I don't know what boots his hair looks like because I can't see them. So. <laughs> yeah, boots, we're not sure what he's what he's wearing, but we can just uh, imagine. And I look twelve because I had a shave, or maybe even eleven. I look like a child, <laughs> which is uh, which is a, bo- a bald child, but sure, <laughs> a child, a child with a really unfortunate uh, receding hairline. <laughs> but yes, I'm twelve, and also I have male uh, man baldness. It's tough, tough break as a twelve year old. Well, I just I have to shave every now and then just just to see what my face looks like under there. But um, it, I haven't been clean shaven since um, I, since early 2014 when I started. And I was like, maybe I should go and clean shave the first day, and then I realised I didn't need to. I've been clean shaven since then, and before that, it was probably five years. I've barely seen the skin on my face for like more than a decade. Yeah, yeah. I was I was saying, I was saying a day before I'm I'm the same. Like the I bought a razor a long time ago, and I've used it only within the month of November. Uh, for the last five or six years, just to shave around a, a pretty shitty looking moustache, like that's it. Like it's that's that, all no, I've it's ever not that used. Shitty looking. Come on, no, 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 okay. no, no false modesty. It's incredible. No. It's full. It's thick. It's lush. Keep talking like that, and I might wind up on that couch. Yeah, just just keep the mo. Get rid of everything else, and just just keep the mo. That's but what I, I bought a razor on fucking Kickstarter because I got temporarily excited <laughs> by it. What? There's other places to buy them, Dave. You don't need. To, you don't... <laughs> <laughs> did, did they need investment? Did, did, how, much, how much seed capital did they need for the razor, Dave? What? You don't need to put money down six years in advance yeah. for a fucking razor. Series yeah. A, they need eighty million for the new razor. <laughs> Uh, I can't even finish the story because the build-up was funnier than the story. Just the response to the build-up is funnier than the story. Anyway, no, it was one of those ones that has, it, it was like a milled steel thing that has the, just like a, like not a cutthroat razor, but an actual razor blade that lives inside a housing. And it's like this mechanical thing that holds it in there and all the rest. Like people used to, a single blade, but crazy sharp, like an actual razor blade that you'd buy in a paper packet. Sort of thing that Sweeney Todd would use. Yes. And it came with a hundred razor blades. And then since I've had it, I'm like, that's going to last me my whole life. Like I actually don't ever yeah. need to buy a razor blade ever again. Why did you buy this? Might I might just, be a problem for the business. 
I, I can't explain why it was just, it was a compelling campaign for something that looked like a, a product that I wanted to, to have. And I thought, I'm going to do that. It's, it's a smart thing. And I don't know, like, hey, Dave. disposable razors are a bit shit. And I was like, if I'm going to shave, I want something nice and like steel and, you know, that I can keep. And it, they, they got me. And very dangerous. Oh, so dangerous. Possible topic for a future podcast. I don't want to step on your, your, your toes as producer, of course, but things Dave's invested in. <laughs> yes that's good. i haven't even told you about my bitcoin experience recently have i <laughs> <laughs> now I, I need to tell this story as a cautionary tale should i tell everybody yes boy, please. Boy, i mean we, we all know that, that uh, as soon as i hear that uh, as soon as i hear that you've invested in something i assume it's a cautionary tale <laughs> but go yeah, on like like any, anything to distract from fucking covid and lockdown like let's that's great let's just not even go back there it's awesome. all right so it's not even a funny story yeah. it's actually the cautionary tale and we all know that the funny, oh, no. the, the funny bitcoin story belongs to dawn F- who was hijacked and ransomed and had to, had to pay Bitcoin. And ironically, it would have been worth a million dollars had he just paid some of it and not thrown the rest out when he was finished paying the ransom folks. But that's uh, that's that's his story, not mine. No, I, um, I had some money sitting around and I wanted to take a risk. So I'm like, cryptocurrency goes all over the place. People are, people are spending money on it. It's the sort of thing you could put money in and it might just go up or you might lose all your money. And I, I was ready for that type of gamble. So like, fuck it, I'll do it. So I went into the biggest cryptocurrency exchange there is one called coinbase it's just listed on the new york stock exchange it's it's cashed up it's kind of the if you could call it legit it's the it's the most legitimate one that there is sounds um, legit yeah well you know it is and uh, and so i i put money in I, I start buying things it's it's working fine at one point something and my buddy who understands this stuff better than i do he's like you know what that's that's a good thing to do but you need to back that shit up you need to take it out of there and put it into a cold wallet and i'm like i don't fucking know what a cold yes, wallet I've is i've heard about these yep like you got to do that i'm like nah, nah don't worry about that it's fine but it, it makes me a little nervous that there's just there's just people in russia who are just trying to knock it over and take your shit and then of course you don't know what to do about it because it's just like it's like magic beans that you've bought and and someone's stolen them from you they're gone forever and anyway, one day I log in, I'm like, the, the numbers of the different cryptocurrencies are correct. And then, but the total, instead of let's say 10,000 bucks or whatever it is, the total says like $7. And I'm like, that doesn't look good. So I'm like, something weird has happened. Like the numbers of things that I own is right, but the total is way wrong. Like way, it's like 1% of what it actually should be. So I write to them like, Ooh, yeah, we don't know what's going on. We're going to just, we're just going to lock it as a, as a precaution. And then they, kept my account locked for three months and just were like, yeah. And they emailed me like every kind of, I don't know, every month and a half, like maybe twice total saying, yeah, we're still looking into it. And so look, I got it back and ironically it had all gone up drastically while I was away. So I probably did better than if I had have had access to it and could have panic traded it. But um, if you were an investor who had put in money that you absolutely needed access to, that you needed to be able to liquefy that asset and use the money. They just were literally, it's, it was the least accountable. And I know, I know there's an, I told you so coming. I do know that, but it was, I, I'm, I'm staggered that a, an institution that is credible enough to list and to have institutional investors would be that reckless with, with investors money. That's like, yep, we've locked it and you just can't do anything and we'll mm. just give it back to you when we can. And it was three months and I actually still can't trade. I can now just see it. So um, yeah, it's obviously the wild west, but I was, I was really surprised. And I thought to myself, I'm glad, or I thought to myself, I'm sorry for the people who've really taken a big risk and put a large amount of their savings in or something they really needed out. And it's just, if something goes wrong, it's just like, okay, you can't touch that for like 
maybe three months, maybe six months, bad luck. So uh, yeah, that's a cautionary tale. Be very careful, but wow. I guess everybody already knows that. Cold wallet. It's a consistent theme across a lot of these NFT and digital currency shops that are setting up in the space that I am interested in. Not that I'm interested in the non-physical space, but the sports card and associated market. There was a thing called NBA Top Shot. Mm. I don't know whether you heard about yep. that, Dave. It was basically just an NFT of of basketball highlights that had a, an exponential growth in that sort of January through April, May period this year. Like phenomenal growth that really outstripped the underlying base. But one of the main problems with the system is you just couldn't get your money out. Yeah. And so people were just sitting, sitting stuck there with just not being able to access money and the, they all, the, the provider decided that they wanted to start doing like sanctions and anti-money laundering oh, checks Jesus. and just really uh, sort of created that as a market that was easily accessible. And it kind of hasn't, even though a, a whole lot of other providers are trying to get into that NFT space because, you know, they've seen what some of those artworks and other uh, even digital sports cards have gone for. And just, it's been a... Uh, it's been a shit show of getting the right regulatory environment and the right uh, infrastructure around it that seems to have lagged behind people actually setting these sites yeah. up. I mean, isn't it, isn't it designed intentionally to be beyond regulation in, in a sense that the whole decentralized nature of it is kind of the point? And that's exactly what it's coming up against now, right? It's because everyone's decided, and particularly the Chinese and the US have decided they want to regulate digital currency. And that's going to throw up a whole series of problems because yeah, as you say the entire attractiveness of it was the a the anonymity and b the lack of regulation in terms of uh, of moving around yeah but which is which is also what has focused the uh, uh the move to regulate it yeah that's i mean the nft thing is is fascinating to me I, I can't pretend that i properly understand it but to me it seems like the value of these items is is so questionable, but it's valuable because enough people believe in it. Like that seems to be the source of value is that it, it he is thought you, to be valuable. And I can't think that's of some, more that's to somewhat it than that. The, uh, that's somewhat the measure of all appreciating assets though, until they don't see the value. Mm. Cor- correct, Samuel. Like, literally money <laughs> operates because there is a ascribed value to it. Now there's a whole lot of structural and strategic things that underpin it, but it's because people see value in it if people decided for whatever reason that cash was no longer going to have a value and governments decided that cash wasn't going to have a value then yeah money would not have a value. yeah and i i see that how easily could you turn that into cash right now if you were like you know what i'm out i'm going to take now that your account's unlocked you're just like i want to turn that into norwegian deutschmarks or whatever the local currency is <laughs> um how hard is that to do uh, in theory, before before my my sort of uh, tale of woe, it was it's connected to a, a normal bricks and mortar bank account of mine. So you just transfer it. So let's say one of the currencies I don't know, like Ethereum is one of the ones that I own some of. You just say, well, I've got X of that, and I'm gonna sell it, and then it just gets converted into cash and goes into there. But I would expect by the some, exchange. Yes, I would expect there's some sort of hidden fee that that hurts you when you do that, and you kind of don't find out about it until. So I've actually never sold any, so I, I don't know. Um, but it's mm. that, that part of it was fine. And like the customer journey was all pretty solid until that first it's little probably. kind of security question that I had. And they were like, you know what, we're, we're just going to lock it to be safe. And I'm like, that's actually a good idea. But then it, they just didn't have any interest or any kind of ability or kind of 
apparatus for, yeah, wow. for solving. At least you got it back, I guess. Yeah, well, like, like I said, I can look at it, um, which is which is nice. But uh, yeah, the NFT thing is fascinating. The amount of money people are paying, like people are buying the original GIF of I don't know something famous, and they're just paying such a huge amount of money to own it. And I know they do own it. You know, it's, it has a unique space on the blockchain and it's the only one and you can prove that it's the only one but there are also a lot of copies of it that just, that just float around and they're pretty indistinguishable from each other so it's like how how does how do you how do you look yeah, at like that one and say that's the real one which is worth five million dollars and those other million copies of it that people send around to each other day they're worth nothing yeah that's like the so, thing I someone bought someone bought charlie bit my finger like the one of the original youtube videos and like that's all wonderful and everything but but why again? Like, like, <laughs> like I, I just don't like, I, I kind of conceptually kind of understand it, but I just don't maybe appreciate the worth of it. Um, the Mona Lisa is like painted by Da Vinci in whatever year. And that's the only one. And then people can make copies of it, or I'm sure you could do an amazing copy of it. It looks just like it. Or you could photocopy it with a fancy photocopier, whatever. And it would be a copy, but it still wouldn't be the one that he painted. Whereas that GIF been a digital format and been ones and zeros at some point right if you make a copy of it you are literally making a copy of it aren't mm. you i yeah, would have thought yeah. so I, I can't think I mean, of how I, that I would be different I'm first person to um to put my hand up and say i have no idea how it works so like there'll be more to it than that all these people aren't stupid we need our it correspondent andrew Steele on the um have to beat that out <laughs> on the uh, on the line but um yeah i don't get it myself yeah, I mean, like it's still it's still the original of that of the of the whatever, whichever gift we're talking about, but I can also create an exact replica literally just by hitting copy and paste. Whereas to get like a, a perfect kind of replica of the Mona Lisa, I've got to pay however much to some person to make it perfect, and that's going to take time and effort and everything. So I'm just like, okay, so I own whatever the fucking gift we're talking about, but if it's worth this much, like that, like who's buying from me? when it's yeah but i know but it, it's it's ever it's, it's the thing's position on the blockchain which is the thing that's that's unique and original so the idea is that, the is that worth here. something like the, yeah, well, like the, the position the, yeah the idea is that this is a kind of yeah. irrefutable network of decentralized things and there's only one of everything and you can prove it and that's kind of the yeah. underpinning idea and so if, therefore you have something that's interesting that people like and you can prove that it's the only one and if you take it a step further and say certain other things that we currently think are valuable might end up being supplanted by this idea of a decentralized database like the blockchain, then suddenly you own this one thing that everyone likes and you own the, the one and it can prove it to be the one. But it's, it's, it still takes a lot of mental um, gymnastics to kind of get there. Um, and, but it, look, interesting, interesting experiment. Um, I'm glad I didn't put in more than I did. Um, and, uh, yeah, might get it back out, might not. Let's, uh, let's, let's see what happens, but yep. That's, uh, that's, that's what's been going on there with my, my cryptocurrency problems. Uh, shit. There you go. So yeah, so, I don't, so- I don't want to go back onto lockdown cause I think we've talked about it enough. Um, something mm-hmm. made me think ranch, the, the one thing that when we were locked down that I tried to do more of was cooking is, mm-hmm. is there anything interesting? Like, does anyone have like a signature dish or anything interesting that's happening or that you've started doing? because of the lockdown or is it just like everyone's getting by and I'm not trying new shit. I'm not doing stuff like that. Australia was probably no different to many other parts of the world last year when all this started, like people started to whatever, like fucking knit or bake baking, sourdough. Baking bread. Yeah. Right. Um, and and I'd, I'd kind of been doing that for a while anyway. And I certainly got back into it and it was great. 
Um, but I just had to stop because I was eating too much bread and that was bad for my insides and bad for my waistline and everything. Um, uh, I made a shitload of hot cross buns all last nice. year because that was just really easy and, again, way too easy to eat. Uh, so, but look, nothing too much. I mean, like this is, this is just so fucking boring and routine now, like, unfortunately, um, that any kind of like, Hey, the opportunity to blah, blah, you know, is just, is just gone. Right. You know, everyone's been in their house, you know, even when we weren't in lockdown, like people weren't necessarily kind of traveling into the office, um, you know, on mass, like they once were. And so like, there's just, there's not really any kind of novelty to it. You know, I'm cooking the same shit in large batches so I can put it in my deep freeze so I can easily feed the children. That's kind of what I'm doing, but no, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing exciting, mate. Unfortunately, I wish I had more for you. No, I mean, I, well, the fact that you're eating hot cross buns in September, that's, that's something. And, and, and all around the year, that's, uh, that's, I'm oh, yeah. it. your trends. There, there is no reason those delicious fucking things should only be eaten for a couple of weeks prior to Easter. They are, non-denominational seasonal hot fruit buns as far as i'm concerned they're fucking great <laughs> yeah the, the the non-denominational one will come soon that will that will be the next step in the yeah. I, I, don't, I don't believe jesus died so you could eat them the whole time right i don't believe jesus died i think oh. i i, 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 think, yeah, I, I think, think there was a pretty pretty clear thing in the bible Grant. Wow. I think on page 50 of the bible it's like thou shalt not eat buns in december you, that's in ecclesiastics uh 12 14 i think the, you'll find so i gotta tell you if the three of us had to spend less time high-fiving each other because i picked that our mass teacher was bad the copy office chick we might know some of this stuff uh, that was a real highlight when you picked that, that and moment. it was announced it to really the was a triumph, triumph St- like you know? i was i was 50 meters away from you in a large yeah. hall when when that was read out to the class and you, everyone was sitting down like on seats listening you just yeah. stood up and started looking around like yeah. arms yeah. out wide in jesus christ yeah. like, just, <laughs> it was it was it was like um it was like when woodward and bernstein broke like, the uh, watergate story you know what i mean like it was that level got a lot of attention mm-hmm. to to me it looked like when eric Cantona kicked that famous goal for manchester <laughs> yeah. united and then just stood in the middle of the penalty box yeah. just just observing the yeah. crowd let's talk yes. about other things it's like yeah. can, can i ask you a question can i ask you a question though like so so to fill people in basically one of our teachers in high school no, it was fraternizing with with a staff member. It's an inter-office romance that they happen. It was nothing more than that, right? Yeah. Two people who work yeah. together end up getting together. It happens. Yeah. It's not um, in most situations. It's it's not a complete um, scandal or crime. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So why? Here's my question. Sam though. sniffed it out nine months in advance. Yeah, Sam somehow <laughs> just knew about it for everyone else. How, which what, was astonishing. how did you know that? My network. Did you walk in on them or something? Did you see something? <laughs> no, nah, I um, a friend of the family was was friends with um, <laughs> uh, was friends with. Are we going to bleep this out? <laughs> was friends with yes. Who was our teacher, and uh, and she suggested that he had been that he was on with the, the lady in the copy office. But so here, my question though, because I don't remember the context of this, why announce it to the school? Why yeah, do we need to know? Question. Why would you that's have kids? Question. Stop what you're doing. Got a bit of personal level gossip about your fucking maths. That teacher. is a great question. <laughs> why tell yeah. everybody? Well, on my memory, I've never is, thought about it. It may have been an engagement or marriage announcement. But so they told us just because we'd that's be happy. What I is that, is, oh, okay. I mean, I mean no one not... cared for either of them, so I don't know why anyone would have cared. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
that that's yeah, yeah it was that chapel. Is weird. And it was chapel. Like, was it, it, I don't actually think it was yeah, like an yeah, RE class. In, it, was, it was like no, no, it was, it was like house or year nine chapel or something like the whole yeah. year group chapel. Ah. I just I like the the only thing I can think of is if like they just wanted to have some other news that wasn't just like normal boring school stuff like it was a, like a good news yeah. story or something I guess yeah. I guess maybe but can you imagine but, being at a sorry going on rest I was just gonna say but it's not like the copy office lady was someone who like the students interacted with I mean we still refer to that person as the copy office lady. And other words that the listeners will not have heard because I'm going to have to bleep all of everything that's said. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> it just shows you, I think they're grossly overestimating how much the students cared <laughs> about the teachers and their personal lives. Like other than something that we could find funny, like when our teacher told us he had a hot date and we yes. proceeded to mercilessly take him down <laughs> and prove that it was not a hot date in a way that only 15 year old boys can the blonde bombshell, <laughs> the blonde bombshell um, which we empirically proved was not true and we we rubbed it right yeah. in his face i don't think yeah. kids care i don't think you want to know that nah, it was I mean, weird there was just another fuel. teacher who got married to another teacher do you remember mr just yes i was going to bring that up yeah year seven um, teacher yeah uh, that's right he married the woman in the arts room Whose name I've almost got, but no one cares about anyway. So let's move on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think you get many people called. Just, re- just, just really creating, really creating some work for the ranch here, just to beef out all this day. Oh, look, no. The, especially when you repeat it six times. The beeping is going to be fine. I just, there's very few people who are going to find this conversation interesting. I know. At all. It, or, it, is, I, I, it is extremely niche content. Yeah. Extremely <laughs> well. I've got, oh, I've, got an ex- I've got an exclusive. Our, our, our whole demo is a bit niche, but it is. Right. Well, I've, got a, I've got an exclusive. We're big for in you. Germany, yeah, and, and there's yeah. Jeff's dad. Jeff, yeah, how's yeah, Jeff's yeah, dad yeah, going? Roots? Is he still all right? Is he going yeah, okay? Michigan, yeah, he's but hard, hard to say. I haven't got out of my fucking house in six <laughs> weeks, so. so we don't know how Jeff's dad is going. Oh, we should, we should check no. the email address while yeah, we're I was going to say, did you check the yeah, bloody yes. email box? Stop after telling, I gave you a... telling us we need to check it and check it. I have a quick look at it. But just, just one thing, <laughs> I'll give you a, a, an exclusive. I I was trying to think of something interesting and fun. Remember a while ago, just for fun, I did an interview with Alan Stone and just randomly put it up as a Dick and Ham bonus mm-hmm. episode. It was, it was fantastic. I could listen to 10 more of them. It was great. Yeah. yeah. It was excellent. Yeah, no, thank you. No, he, he's got a lot of, he got a lot of stories and that, they were the ones that I could, that I could use. But uh, there's... One of the people from my past, the guy who gave me my first ever job, um, who was the media manager at Cricket Australia, or it was then the ACB. Brian Murgatroyd. Brian Murgatroyd, just one of the all-time greats. I was like, you know what would be great? It's like, everybody who listens to this loves cricket. If I just talk to him, because this his sort of cricket pedigree and knowledge is uh, is unbelievable. And he's just such a funny guy. And he came to live in Melbourne and, and all sorts of funny shit happens. So I'm just going to call him like, hey, do you want to just talk to me for 30 minutes so that my friends who listen to our podcast can enjoy something? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. But I had to kind of brief him. I'm like, look, the listenership is, uh, small. It's, uh, niche, niche. It's tar. It's targeted. It's really targeted. You know, it's, it's, uh, There's not a lot of diversity. Really? No, no. And look, he's a good sport and I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him this week. So I, I hope it'll be, it'll be interesting for everybody, but if it's you great. like cricket, it, it will be interesting. But uh, I had to, I had to kind of tell him the truth, which is like, yeah, look, it's Jeff's dad plus a bunch of dickheads and that's it. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like if your name's like, if, if you're going to be someone who knows a shitload about cricket, like a cricket expert, I feel like your name kind of has to be Brian Murgatroyd. Like that's a perfect guy who knows a shitload about cricket. <laughs> 
yeah, name, isn't done. it? Like you can yeah. hear Tim Lane crossing to Brian Murgatroyd with all the fucking stats. That's yeah, great. well, yep. he, um, he actually did do TV for Sky. The first thing I ever saw when I met him was a photo board of his time on Sky commentary. And it was just like the photo board was just like Ian Botham. It was like, it was grossly unprofessional. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, that looked like a really, <laughs> you guys are really having fun in there when you were doing your cricket commentary. That was, that was a poor time for me to take a gulp of water. It was. Let me tell you. Oh my <laughs> Can we, uh, and we might have to bleep. <laughs> Can we just? <laughs> we might have to bleep that part, Ranch, until I verify that story with him. Just, just hold off on that part. Well, what if I just put bleeps in over the names of everyone and the actions they were doing? Then it's just a whole series of bleeps, like the yeah, whole Bali yeah, thing. We could do that, like the whole Bali thing. Yeah, we could do that. But no, that gives Don't me a bit of a segue. That gives yeah. me a segue into uh, things I'm watching and listening to. So. The, the man in question that we're speaking about, uh, our next guest um, that I'm interviewing, he's got a cricket podcast called One Test Wonders. And he's gone and found a bunch of people who only ever played one test match. That's and he, cool. talks, he talks to them for an hour about how it was. And it's, it's almost all English players at the moment. I think he's going to do others as yeah, well. But for sense. now, it's just English players. But he was speaking to a guy who uh, called John... Uh, maybe Carpenter who, who played the last test of the 89 ashes tour at the oval mm. and the, the level of disarray and unprofessionalism, like he showed up at the oval, they wouldn't let him in because they didn't believe he played for England. And <laughs> the, the chairman of selectors didn't recognize him, even though he was the guy who just picked him. He was like the net bowlers go around the corner down there. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm John. You picked me. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, so oh. yeah, one, one test wonders if, if you like, it's a, it's a sort of a Wilma level thing if you if you really want to listen to cricket shit and want to get get good. deep into it pretty fucking good um there's about a half, half a dozen good. episodes good gimmick yeah it's mm. cool yeah it's great really you, cool. you could almost you could probably almost extend that format into um you know if you're in england like soccer players who played i don't know one season or one game or whatever right you know like there'd be plenty of people who only played one afl game yeah, and that, I'd be mm. interested. Well, would I be interested in their stories? I guess, I guess I would. You know, there'd be some. There's Including, something about cricket that's a bit more interesting for some reason. There's a bit more sort of random. Like cricket, such an esoteric game. It's a longer you know. game too, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um. You know. You know. Right. Got the finger on the the bleep button, ranch. Susan K's husband, David. Right. His brother played an AFL game for nice. Fitzroy against Carlton. Played on John Doritich. Fuck. That's amazing. Yeah, John Doritich from the ground. Was he famous for against him? <laughs> Uh, I'm getting a shot off at half time. <laughs> Just easing the tension. Easing <laughs> the tension, baby. Just by the way, Happy Gilmore rewatched it. Pretty good, still. Pretty. T- oh, is it? <laughs> that that joke, the whole I, they wouldn't let me play on the tour anymore, and he's like, "Was it because you're black?" And then he puts up his hands as no goddamn alligator bit my hand off. It's still one of the greatest oh surprise God. gags you've ever seen in your life. It's, 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 it's so good. It's, just, yeah. it's, 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 it's remarkably good. Um, but, I mean, God, that movie's probably, what, 30 years old? Like, it's astonishing how, yeah. how much time has passed since that. And it's out. sneakily got the, uh, the mum from Modern Family in it who's just quietly been in a couple of the biggest movies slash TV shows ever. Is that her? I did not realise that was her. As the yeah. love interest, the happy look out, ah, that, that woman. Happy look out. <laughs> How did I not recognize her as that woman? Interesting. Well, what are you guys watching? Yeah. Is, there, is there time for, for TV watching or is it just sort of, you know, crying in the shower at night to get yourself to sleep type stuff? We cry <laughs> first. Then um, White Lotus, I watched, got into, I watched, as with, along with everyone else, watched White Lotus. 
Oh, White Lotus. Have you seen it yet, Ranch? Oh, boy. No, no, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> you guys can talk about it. Sam, you can do our first it, ever it, spoiler it, alert thing where we actually talk about what happens without worrying about spoiling it. I think we should. The Ranch is big on having stuff not spoiled, though. You don't want to wait and watch no, it. I don't mind. Or you just like... No, yeah. it's it, well, like the, the, I've, I've heard a lot about it. It's, it doesn't really kind of scream something that I want to see. So you guys talk about it. It's not really like there's a huge twist or something you're going to ruin anyway, really. The whole like thing at the start about the person being dead, that's not a giveaway, by the way. It doesn't really matter who it is in the end. Right? Anything? It's not really that big. No, I don't, I don't think it matters. Anyway, anyway no. good show. I reckon. No, the, the, sto- the story is not about that. It does a good job it of really setting up are. multiple people who might die. That That's a quite a... I mean, it's, it's an old trick, but, but but setting up that it could be lots of different people, I think it does that trick quite well. Without wanting to be too much of a knob about it, like it's it's set in one place. It's just a, it's literally just all characters doing stuff. Nothing dramatic happens. Well, actually, that's not true. Some dramatic stuff happens. But for the most part, it's all just character... It's shot in a really, um, again, without being too much of a knob about it, it's shot in a really, um, even though it's in this beautiful Hawaiian resort, which is exactly what you imagine it would be like, the grade on it and the music and all of that, it has this sort of slightly ominous, suspenseful vibe to it. And it's really interesting. It's just one of those shows where you're like, man, whoever wrote this, I mean, it's just some people in a hotel. There's nothing else it's really Mike that White much else going on. Yeah, well, Mike White yeah. wrote it, who's who's excellent. Like He, he, of, he makes me... School of Rock. He, yeah, it gives me some <laughs> level of interest in watching it, but I don't know. It's it's like, what's it about? It's just about like rich white it's, people being. That, I mean, rich yeah, white but that's people, that right? question after you've watched it. Like, there's as much yeah. as I enjoyed yeah, it, I there was a little bit of a mm. what I enjoyed that, but what was the point of that? There was a bit of that at the end of it. I felt there um, was. I just sort of I was able to just yeah, like I agree. There was. It's it's unconventional ranch. Like if you told me that storyline, I might be a bit like yeah. I don't know whether mm-hmm. I need more like white white guy guild stuff. We, we're all we're all there already, kind of thing. But um, it's I don't know what else to say. It's just interesting and good. I mean, you might disagree. I just think it's good. It's got yeah. a sneaky Australian guy in there who's got some has some big moments. Dave. It, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, first of all, yeah. it's just it's it's so good to oh, keep yeah. seeing Australian talent that you didn't even know. Like this guy's fifty years old. I'm sure he's been around, yeah. but I'm just like that guy's awesome. And then. Yeah. You listen to the accent I mean, and yeah, like, no, okay, no, he's a real Australian. That's not a fake accent. It turns out he's just some dude right. from Sydney who suddenly made it big in this, this series. Yeah. And it really, uh, for those of you who remember Najee Davenport from the NFL and the two game suspension he received, the act that he got that suspension for is recreated in, <laughs> uh, in, this, uh, in this show, which is just, you know, a feat in and of itself. Yeah, but Paul, is that uh, is that the act that we saw in the office or the act in the hotel room? No, the uh, the act in the hotel room. Let's call well, that the rugby league. Yeah, but uh, but <laughs> the, the point about this ranch, so basically, anything. the, the thing, <laughs> yeah, the, the thing we're talking about ranch is I won't say what it is, but <clears throat> it's it's noteworthy because this is a pretty safe and sound type of production. It's it, the, a lot of the things that are in there. Are, you know, a pretty conventional in terms of what's happening in mm. terms of the dialogue. I mean, some of it is like the teenage girls push it pretty far with, with their, their dialogue and their ideas, but they're very good and, and, and it works. Yeah. Mm. Um, but there's just two scenes that, that something that you would never ever have seen in a mainstream production are just <laughs> right there. Wow. And it happens yeah. twice, two different things, two different things. And you're yeah. like, I've never seen that on camera before. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen um, that before. And it just and happens it out of the blue. Which you can imagine them shooting yeah. up. You can imagine them shooting it and even being like, um, when we edit this, we need to think about whether these two things will be like impactful and surprising 
or feel like they're intentionally shocking and just super lame. Do you know what I mean? And like they've ended up including them. And I think I think they work. They're shocking and surprising. And I wasn't like, what was the point of that? That's ridiculous. But it's yeah, like the cutaway shot. shot in in the famous um, in the famous zipper scene in uh, uh, there's something about something Mary, about, like yeah. a cutaway shot. Yeah, yes, it's like they didn't right. need to put that in, but boy, am I glad they did. It's very yeah, similar, actually. Need to see that ball. V- it's, very, it's more very shocking similar. than that, though, Hugh. How yeah. the hell did you get the bin about Frank? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I just, it makes you wonder, like, if, if that's kind of the new standard where you just make a typical, you know, kind of uh, ensemble drama comedy thing, but then just you're going to randomly throw in that and then that. What, where, where do you go from there, Sam? Like, how could you possibly okay. show? I feel like I do there? need to somehow get around to watching this. Then, like, 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 you like at the ranch. I think you'd like it. I mean, I don't know. I think you would. Uh, no, no, like, like, it's a strong word. You'll find it interesting. Like Jeez. to 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 be honest, like I actually don't particularly care about you know like any narrative arc of the show or the characters. I just want to know what these things are, and yeah. and like that's that that's that, that's it. Uh, you and w- without us saying another word, you will know. Both oh, of it sounds like it. Oh, yes, it sounds like that, that is what you're doing. It sounds yes, like it. Will. Yeah. One other thing in yeah. its favour for you, Ranch, is it features uh, Jennifer Coolidge, who has been in a, yep. a yes. lot of things, and she has a couple of genuinely funny Legend. moments. There's there's a there's a, mm-hmm. a scene on a boat when she she. I'm not really ruining this by saying she's she's there to scatter her mother's ashes in the ocean, and and it just gets. She just gets really sidetracked and just goes off on this tangent, and and it's it's a really fucking funny scene. I think she's probably ad libbing it, um, and it's just yeah, it's really not well. Often see like, a, a scene think, like that, and you're like, fuck, that was really funny. I was crying with laughter at that, and that doesn't happen often. I know Bali gets it when he watches uh, Modern Family. I, like, I wish I was so I wish I was so lucky that I could cry laughing at Modern Family. Um, but uh, no, that, there's a couple of scenes like that that are excellent, and then there's these two outrageous outrageous shocks that um that really you know really could take some beating i don't i don't know where you could go after that there is a season two though i believe boots has it been greenlit for a second it it, it has been confirmed i yeah that's it 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 does at least initially feel like the sort of show that there would be less than zero reason to make a season two of so anyway i hope i hope it's not crap because the first time was good. Yeah, it was interesting, Ranch. Certainly very different. I'll, leave, I'll say that. Righto. There you go. I, um, I watched um, Hacks. Has anyone watched that? H-A-C-K-S? I've, I've heard That's it's the, very, yes, very good. I've, the I have Vegas comedian. Yeah, I watched it. Okay. Yeah, it's good. It's like an aging, an aging like raconteur from the 70s who still has like a five nights a week show at like the Venetian in Vegas and has done for like 30 years. Played by Gene Smart, screen like yes. you know, on screen on screen legend Gene Smart. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> actress and- who was the uh, mother in Mary Beth. Ah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and oh, in shit. Fargo. Yes, and I didn't yeah. realize. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah. Um, you're right. She's I didn't recognize, but no one. But um, and then she's basically needs to freshen up the act, and so they import her um a like super woke um West Coast liberal sort of young lesbian up and coming sort of comedian who's like super harsh and all of the things you'd imagine from that kind of stereotype and the two of them it's like frank sinatra hanging out with someone like that kind of thing so it's um it's sort of a i mean yes it's a comedy but it's kind of like a, a drama too i would say so yeah it's certainly very watchable it's got some good vegas um and super wealthy people stuff in it to watch that's so pretty good yeah i've, I've, heard, it's, I've it? heard it's great it's on stand uh, here i think 
It is on stand so here, much, yes. I've got so much streaming going on in my house, and I just found out that um, the new Nicole Kidman show, the Nine Perfect Strange ones on Amazon, which is the only one I don't have, so here comes Amazon for me as well. <laughs> I can't even remember what I'm watching half the time, yeah. And and, and Sam, can I ask, you You watched Mr. In Between. What do you think? So I've only watched one or two because it's kind of a Sam Alone show, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I really liked oh, it. One or two episodes. Yeah, yeah one or two episodes, I'd <laughs> okay. say. Maybe three. Um, still, still early then. I mean, I've, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Can I just uh, say that uh, I've, you know, I've told Rach before that it's been an extremely good recommendation that I have very much enjoyed, and I've just gotten into season three, Ranch. I haven't, uh, I and haven't seen it yet myself. You haven't seen season well, three? no, because it, it oh, did, it did like it was only on actual Foxtel for like the first ten weeks or something like that. So I needed to wait till it came on binge. Uh, okay. It's since on there, but yeah, I just, I, I've turned off binge. I'll, I'll get it yeah, back next month. Yeah. It's um it, I'm, it, I'm, I'm sadly uh, I'm so pleasantly surprised when an Australian show is like I hate to say it good, like not really yeah. over the top or really fucking something or other. And it's just yeah. good. It's just good. So yeah, I look forward it, to watching it really more is. of that. Isn't and and sorry, boats up I, I kind of interrupted you, mate. What were we saying though? No, no. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna ask you about something that happens in the first two episodes, but no. I will not. Uh, um, I will not do that. Boots, how's that episode in season? I think it must be season two, the one where you can't even breathe for the entire thing. If you, oh yeah, like how, like, yes. like we're not going to go on about oh, this it's because an not, incredible bit of filmmaking. Jesus yeah. Christ! Like, whoa. Anyway, let's let's move on. But anyway, so another got, extremely uh, hard recommend for Mr. In Between. Mr. In Between, <laughs> White Lotus, Hacks, and the One Test Wonders uh, podcast on Spotify this week. Um, let's get to talking about AFL in a minute because time is tight. But do you, want, do you want that bombshell first that I, that I teased at the top of this? Yeah. Something's been keeping me awake at night that I learned. It's, it's a science fact that, that I've gone 42 years without knowing this. And now that I know it, I don't know what to do with this knowledge. Are any of you guys afraid of spiders before I start? Yes. I don't like them, but I'm far worse with snakes. Okay. Well, this one, no, I don't think I'm, this will I'm, make I it worse. I, I don't think this will make it worse. But I learned something about spiders that was so mind-blowing. And this is the thing I think Sam's also going to get a kick out of. So have you noticed when you see a dead spider that like 10 times out of 10, when you see a dead spider, their legs have, have mm-hmm. curled all the way up? Mm-hmm. You don't see a yep. dead spider with its legs out unless it's been squashed flat and that's how it got squashed, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason for that. The reason for that is that spider legs do not have any muscles in them at all, zero. The way that they move their legs is by a pneumatic sort of hydraulic pressure system of inflating their legs with blood. So basically what I'm saying is that each spider leg is actually the same as a human boner. Yeah, wow. It's like just, just. Uh, That's what a spider leg is. That's how it works. It works with boner erections. technology. That's how they yeah. move the legs. Yeah, wow. And the, and the legs curl up when they die because all the hydraulic pressure is now gone because they've stopped uh, pumping the blood around. And I just can't, oh, get, I can't get out of my head that they've got eight little boners and that's how they're, that's how they're moving. That is, wow. I didn't know that. that is, that's, a good, I, that's a good fact. I know, so I'm disturbed, um, and I don't, I don't know what to do. I had to share it. I might, so that's, uh, uh, that's your science uh, science corner for this week. We need a, a theme song for science corner. I must <laughs> tell the boys about that. I may leave out the boner analogy uh, for when I tell them, but that's interesting. So that's actually all we have time for this week on the show. Short and sharp. We uh, we will be back next week, as we always are. Ranch. We do it every week. Every week. So, uh, 
A uh, big, big thank you to uh, to our sponsors this week, Jacques Lawrence Suzuki. We thrash the shit out of your Suzuki and tip it over a couple of times so you know it's a Suzuki of Jacques Lawrence quality. JacquesLawrence.com. Thank you to The Ranch. Thank you to Sam. Thank you to Boots. We'll come back next week and we'll see you then on the Dick and Ham Show. Bye for now. Bye-bye.